Hi guys, welcome to Farmer Fridays, where I get to interview agriculturists, ag organizations, and ag businesses across the state of West Virginia. My name is Elizabeth Lynch, and I am your Miss Jefferson County 2022. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of interviewing Katie Orr-Dove from Orr's Farm Market. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Good. I'm really glad you're able to do this with me today. It really means a lot. You do so much for the Eastern Panhandle and, you know, everybody seems to know Orr's Farm Markets. So you guys really, like, it's, it's great. Um, so tell me about yourself and your agricultural background. I know you're a third generation farmer, if I remember correctly. That's right. Yeah, my grandfather started the farm here. Um, it started as George S. Warren Sons. And it was mostly a wholesaling business. And then we started the farm market around 1993. We built the original farm market building here. And before that, I had worked with my nine cousins who were all girls. And we had run the cherry picking stand, which was out in our cherry trees. Just this cute little hut with buckets. We used to use paint cans and um, going down here. Um, you know, just did it in the field. And it was very low key, very not professional, but um, very authentic. So um, I didn't go to college for agriculture. I went to college for horse training and I quit that after one semester. I knew I didn't have the guts for that degree and came back and went to Shepherd University for um, elementary education was my major and then taught elementary school, taught kindergarten for five years and then just felt the farm pulling on my heartstrings I did a, a farmer's market in the city in Manassas and in the Plains, Virginia that summer. And just that little bit just got into my heart. And I was like, I've got to get back on the farm again. So I quit my teaching job and came back to run the farm market. It's crazy how the world works. You know, you just find yourself getting pulled in different directions and finding your passion through different things. So that's that's amazing. Um, so I guess just tell me about ORS, you know, anything that you want to mention, any sort of promotions you guys have going on, just great information for the community. Well, this time of year, we're always doing a lot of planning and preparing for the season. And this year we have um, birthday parties planned. We've never done birthday parties for a long time. We've wanted to do them, but haven't really known how to do them. So we're revamping our dairy barn down at our barnyard and we're turning it into two small private birthday party rooms that you can rent and we can let the kids play out on the, the barnyard, um, play equipment. They can go through the corn maze in the fall, pick a pumpkin, see the animals. And now they'll be able to, to have a little indoor space they can have their party. And we're doing, um, right now we're doing a resurrection event for Easter. So we have one more day of that this coming Saturday from one to four, which was a really new thing for us this year. We did it for the live nativity and we did it for Easter. And it was a huge hit on, on Saturday. And so we have actors, live actors acting out the different parts. And we do hay rides down to that. And then at the end, they can enjoy the live worship music. They can go on the play equipment, see the animals. So that was kind of new. And um, Picker and Strawberries will start around May 25th. And surprisingly, I have a ton of field trips this year. The children are um, in Berkeley County allowed to leave the school again. So we started booking field trips and we booked up so quickly. So now we're booking all the way back to May 4th. And I've just been telling the schools, you know, they're not going to be any strawberries to pick yet, but you're welcome to come out and do some of the other activities and see the animals and take a hayride. So we are fully booked for field trips. That's so exciting. <laughs> and it's really cool to see that at such a young age. I remember, I think I was in third or fourth grade the first time I came to Oars. And uh, I specifically remember it was in, in the fall, I believe, and we did pumpkin picking. Like the, mm -hmm. through the pumpkin patch and that's just a memory that's always been ingrained in my brain 
So you've been involved in agriculture for such a long time. What is the best thing about working in agriculture? I like the constant switch. I like the fact that there's always new things um, and it's always changing because the seasonality of it, um, it's exciting to me. It's exciting to me to just, you know, if there's something you didn't like about the previous season, just change it. And um, if there's something in the market that you want to get a new product, if there's a local food that you're excited about, you can work with another small farm business. I like boosting other businesses. So if, you know, if there's a bakery in town and they have a really great cake item or um, like Bolivar Breads up in Harbors Ferry, they have a great sourdough. When, that, when there's something that I'm not an expert at, I really like supporting other small businesses and getting their products in the store and helping them get their start. That's really cool. And it's nice to have such a tight-knit community to be able to do that with too. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of all of that, what do you think is the most challenging part of being involved in agriculture? Um, I'm a girl that I like things to be black and white. I like to have a plan. I like things to go really um, strategically. And that's been hard for me to learn how to loosen up a little bit because in agriculture, not everything is an exact. Mm -hmm. And it's really impossible to, to plan everything down to the last detail. Like the weather is always an unknown. Um, customers want me to give them exact answers about when a crop will start three months from now. And it's really hard for me to express to people that aren't in agriculture. I'm sorry, I don't know the exact date that those strawberries are going to be ripe or that that exact variety of peach will be available for you in the market. Um, and just the gamble of farming. Um, it, it's, it's fun to the point where you get to be a little bit of an adrenaline junkie because you're like, are we going to make it? You know, there's always this thing that you're like, I don't, whether it's the stink bugs or a frost or, you know, you can't sell the peaches. There's not, there's a challenge for sales. There's always some kind of strange new challenge every season. And there's a little bit of a thrill of like, are we going to get through this together? It's a lot, there's a lot of team building with your family and with your coworkers. Like COVID definitely brought that on too. Um, you know, going through a challenge like that, it brings everyone closer. And it's just something that you'll never forget doing it together. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of COVID, how has that affected your business? 2020, that was probably the scariest month of my life that March. Um, you know, just seeing that come towards us from Asia, you know, I was watching it happen in other countries. And then when it hit the U.S., um, my husband and I were talking, we we're like, what are we going to do to stay open? Because we knew we had to have the income. And we also knew that we didn't want to lose the employees. We didn't want them to lose their jobs. Right. So um, just trying to rethink your entire business plan in a matter of two weeks and be able to pivot to something totally different. So we did curbside and drive-through for a bit. And um, it was a huge hit in the community. It was a lot of a learning curve for us because we had never done anything like that before. And to do it in two-week time period was really tricky. And to not know if you were going to have people that were willing to come in and take that risk um, right. because some people were afraid to come out and work. Um, but we were able to assemble a team and and just close the doors to where we felt safe. And um, it was kind of neat. We were just picking the orders and with like little shopping carts, we're running through the market and grabbing everything everybody wanted and running it over to the drive-through window. Um, kind of felt like that old supermarket sweep game show, you know, where you had <laughs> yeah. to like time yourself <laughs> running through the grocery store with a shopping cart. And it was a big team building thing because, you know, we learned every product and where it was located in the market really quickly. And this, the community really showed up and they, they gave us a lot of feedback about what it meant to them to know that there was a food supply here and that they didn't have to go to the grocery store and fight for bread. And I was able to say to the staff, you know, 
there's a lot of panic in the world right now. And don't worry, like, look at all these trees. We're going to have like food for, for miles and miles, you know, when summer hits. So don't panic. You know, there'll be food here. We can make bread. We can get eggs from the chickens. We're not going to die. You know, it was just a very reassuring thing for us to know for ourselves, which I'll never forget. And I, I think that's the mountain I'll die on is like, that is what farmers are for is we're to provide that food security. And um, it not only did it show the customers, but it showed me how important what we do. It gave me that meaningful part of society, you know, like even though farming is fun and there's things that I love about it that really solidified to me what my purpose was. You just, you gave me goosebumps. Agriculture <laughs> is such a noble, noble profession and hearing other people say that and having that same feeling that I do and many other agriculturists across the state do, that's, that's such an amazing thing to share. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And I know my family utilized the uh, drive-through uh, farmer's market for you guys and it it helped us out so much we are super appreciative so I know that the rest of the community feels the exact same way so thank you guys for that and it's pretty cool to sit here now and look back at all of the things that you guys accomplished through such a, a scary time so thank you so much for doing that thank you what what can our community do to continue helping the farmers market and farmers in the eastern panhandle and across the state as a whole well, I was speaking last week with Samantha Stern, who does Holy Cow Delivery. She has um, some family members in the dairy business, and she was saying that her milk sales have dropped off, um, and she was kind of disappointed that after the 2020, you know, rush on local dairy, she's noticing that customers are going back to the chain stores and that her milk is not moving like it used to. And I have definitely noticed that on some of the staples like meat and eggs and milk. And so I think just the thing to remember is, don't forget your farmer now that now that we're back to going to the grocery store again. Don't forget the people that were there for you um, because you know there's going to be inflation everywhere right now. That's just something that we're up against up against this year. But your farmer can help you with that and kind of give you a little bit more stability with pricing. There's going to be some bulk discounts that we can do this summer that your grocery store can't give you. Like a lot of people have gotten away from that over the last 50 years. They don't buy bushels of apples anymore. They go and buy four apples. And they don't realize, you know, if you get a bushel of apples for $25, that is so cheap. You know, when you weigh that out to 50 pounds of apples, they don't think about what they're spending every week at the grocery store. So I'm hoping that this year we can educate consumers on buying in bulk and going to your local farm for a value, um, monetary value this year is what I'm going to stress. Excellent. And not only does that help the families that buy those things, but it also helps your family too. So when you buy from a grocery store, you don't 100% know where that dollar is going. But if you buy at a farmer's market, you know that it's going to go right to the families that help produce that. And that's always a really cool thing for me to think about too. Yeah, I think they, you know, they come to us for donations, you know, for the different sports teams and the events. And I know with you, with your pageants, and we love to do that to give back to the community. And we love to provide jobs for the teenagers in the community, which I think is a big, big benefit of what we do. Um, because those kids are the future of our town. And if we can teach them now the importance of agriculture and where their food comes from and how to pick their produce and how to do the customer service and educate people on how to use the different items, I think that that is going to be a real a real benefit to the community in the future and so don't forget us then you know when it's time to do the purchasing you know we're here for you for those things 
you know, come to us for all of your, your fruit and vegetable needs. I, I definitely couldn't agree with you more. So what's one major thing that you want your community or your state to know about West Virginia agriculture? We're not the biggest, but we're special. You know, a lot of times when you look at West Virginia, you know, we're not the biggest apple producer. We're not the largest peach producer. A lot of the crops I grow, it's not the size that makes us special. But, you know, if you want something that's locally produced, we have everything. We have such a large assortment of fruits and vegetables at our farm where a lot of farms have trouble diversifying to the point where we are, we're diversified at this point. You know, they might just grow strawberries or they might just grow asparagus and a few garden vegetables. We do a lot of different things here. So I'm hoping that they realize that that is a really um, a large benefit to them to be able to come to one stop and get so many locally grown items in one place. Absolutely. Now, I think you've touched on this already, but why should people get involved in agriculture, especially somebody my age, you know, the, the younger generations? Why should we get involved? It's exciting. It's fun. And, you know, look at the value that you're providing to the community, um, but also the family aspect. And it's been a challenge for me, especially in my 20s, understanding how to balance farming with having a family. It's a lot of hours that you're putting in. Um, but I was telling my husband the other day, one of the benefits that farming provides is it is, it's a family job where you, you all have to be in it together. So it teaches how to work together with family members that can be difficult. And like sometimes your kids all aren't on board to do the, you know, they don't want to finish mucking out the horse stall. They don't want to finish sorting all the rotten peaches. It teaches people how to um, persevere through hard times. And I think it gives families, um, a different work ethic than the normal person. Like we just have a way of sticking with things until they're finished and not giving up. A mental toughness that you find in farmers that you don't find in the general public right now. And I think um, we were saying that it keeps you out of trouble because like we don't have time to do anything. We don't have time to be discontent with our lives. We don't have time to drink too much or shop too much. Like we are always farming. And just enough time to like eat and talk and spend some time together in the evenings and go to bed. So we were just saying we think that that's lacking in the society now is that when people have left those family farms, they have a lot of free time now, but they don't always spend it in a good way, right? So we're yeah. hoping if people start getting back into like some small farms and some agricultural, it'll bring them back to their family roots and, and spending time together and, you know, work hard, eat well, sleep well. <laughs> I 100% agree with you on all of that. Growing up, I, you know, of course, raised horses and raised hogs. And just that little bit was 100% enough to keep me out of trouble. You know, I was taught a lot of respect and responsibility just from my short amount of time on the farm and then going through college and working on a farm throughout that whole time too. So I 100% agree with you on all of that. Uh, moving on to a different point, Historically, agriculture has been a very male-dominated industry, and we're both women in ag. So what advice would you give to future female agriculturists, and what has your experience been as a woman in agriculture? My experience has been, because I grew up here on the farm, and I was always the farmer's daughter. You know, I, was, I always felt like I had to prove myself. I had to work harder than everybody else just because of that, not so much just because I was a girl, and with nine of us girls in my generation, we just had to know we were going to have to do everything because there wasn't a brother for us to look at when it was time to run a forklift. Um, we had to learn how to drive that forklift ourselves if we wanted to get it done. 
So I just learned to expect the same out of myself is what I would expect out of a male counter counterpart. And then also to just put the forth the work ethic that I would, you know, I want to work harder than anybody that's under me. And um, I love farming because I feel like my husband and I work equally hard. And I feel like there's a mutual respect. I'm not sure if it's like that in every family, but for he and I, we're definitely 50-50 partners where we, we each have different things that we're good at, but we're putting forth just as much work and effort as the other counterpart. Um, and I find that when I go out in public, and I don't think it's my name because I don't normally tell people who I am. I think um, farming, women are viewed in a higher um, capacity than in other realms of the business world. Like I think it's harder to break through a glass ceiling in, in maybe different fields. But in the farming field, I feel like there's just, because of growing up in farm families, men expect the women to be there with them. And maybe if you're not doing the exact same job, but they still expect you to be there. And, and everybody's just providing a different skill. Even, even in my family, like some of us are good at book work, some of us aren't. You know, some of us are good out in the orchard, some of us aren't. We all have a certain different thing to bring to the table. And, but we still expect the same amount of work from each other, but it's a, just a different type of work. Right. Does that answer your question? Absolutely, yes. Thank you for sharing that story with me. I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So taking from my favorite speech by E.M. Tiffany, he wrote the FFA Creed. Why do you believe in the future of agriculture? You've touched on the family aspect, the women in agriculture aspect, bringing youth into agriculture. Why should we believe in the future of agriculture? I think it's really a must right now for the U.S. The thing is you're seeing, you know, people from other nations come in and start to try to purchase our farmland from us, from out from underneath our feet. Um, we really need to learn to value ourselves and to look at what we're doing and say, you know, are we, is our country important enough to us to stick where we're at and to keep our feet planted in our soil on our farm? You know, or do we want to just be a quick millionaire and move to Florida and sit on the beach? Like I know my purpose is to stay here and keep my feet in West Virginia and to keep working and not give up. And it's not just for me, it's for the future generations for my children. Because if I sell this farm and walk away and take the easy road, um, what kind of future are they gonna grow up when that person that's bought our, our farmland decides they're gonna triple the price of the food products? Or what if they say, you know, oh, we're gonna treat you differently than this other person. And you know, it's just right now we can say, we're standing on the food supply and we know, you know, where that food's going to go because it's in our control. And I'm not ready to give that up yet personally. So that's, that's what I believe in. And I'm hoping there's enough farmers in our country that, that won't take that, that easy out. And they'll, they'll see the value in continuing it for the future generations. Excellent. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today and sharing your stories. Um, you and I have a lot of the same views when it comes to trying to push the knowledge when it comes to agriculture, you know, pushing the importance of agriculture in our state. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Thanks for giving me the time. And I, I definitely admire your platform and I've watched you develop that over the years and you always provide a positive um, image of what a female in the farm business looks like. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh -huh, thank you. And that's all for today for our Farmer Fridays. Thank you so much to Ors Farm Market and Katie or Dove. You guys, remember to always thank a farmer.